And on this week's episode on Everyday Inspirational Podcast, we will have the lovely Sarah Parks, who is a parenting coach and facilitator, helping weary, worried mums replace the battles and meltdowns with calm and respect using simple skills. She has parenting transformation, overwhelm and online groups, as well as one-to-one how to get your kids to listen sessions. And Sarah's inspirational story starts with her journey of loss and grief of being a parent and seeing there's always some good from even the worst situations. So welcome Sarah to the Everyday Inspirational Podcast. Will you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what you do? Hi everyone, it's such a pleasure to be here on this podcast. Uh, My name's Sarah Parks and I live in Edinburgh with my family. I've got two girls um, who are aged 10 and 6 and I live with my husband and my girls in Edinburgh. And uh, what I do is I help uh, families thrive. I help families through my focus is really mothers because I very much believe that in most families, the, the mom is the glue that holds the family together. Uh, and, the, and, and I'm particularly passionate about that because I feel that historically the role, the parenting role hasn't been um, appreciated in the same way as going out to work, for instance. You know, there's more value placed on earning money than nurturing and growing our children often in our society um, so you know i really want to see that change sort of on a wider level but also on a personal level because i think when we live in a society we take on the um ways of that society the thoughts the um and, and before we know it, those opinions are also ours. So there's a kind of bigger picture there as well. That's so yeah. True. So true. And would you like to share your inspirational story with our listeners today? Well, you know, Samantha, when you asked me if I'd like to come and tell my inspirational story, I did think, which one? Which one shall I tell? But because I work with families and because I'm passionate about working with mums, I thought I would tell my story, my parenting story, how I became a mum and why I do what I do. Um, So for that, we'll need to go back really to um, the probably the birth of my first child. So. You know, I, like many people, I got into a relationship. I always knew, I don't know if you were like this, I always knew I wanted to be a mum, always, um, from being very young. And so that's something I assumed would happen. And so with my husband, when we kind of got together, 
you know, one of the things that I was sort of aware of and thinking of was, mm, well, will he make a good dad? Does he want the same as me? Um, you know, I came at our relationship thinking about the future, wanting to build something for the long term. And um, so, so we got together when I was 28 and um, we, <clears throat> you know, we're on the same page in terms of having a family, but decided we really wanted to travel the world before we did that. So we went off and we did this trip that I booked. We went around the world. We went to, um, I got one of these round the world tickets and we did it probably in the reverse order that most people travel around the world. So we started with San Francisco uh, and from there went to New Zealand, then to Australia, then to Malaysia and back. So that's basically the trip that we did. Um, and <laughs> when we traveled in New Zealand, we also did that probably backwards to how most people fly into Auckland. And if they're going to go and travel through New Zealand, they go down through the country and finish in um, Christchurch. We started in Christchurch and worked our way up the country to Auckland. Um, so you're probably seeing a pattern here that I've always been somebody who uh, avoids, uh, to some degree, rebels, I think is probably more the word, against sort of the trends, the the popular thing of the time. I remember when Friends came out and I did watch Friends for a long time because I was like, everybody's going on about this, everybody's watching it. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna watch it when I'm getting ready. <laughs> so that's just an insight into my personality. Anyway, we traveled up through New Zealand and then advantage of doing things differently, on that particular trip, we hired a camper van and went up the country. And because most people do it the other way around, the first place, um, the campsite work that we went to with our camper van, loads of people were just getting rid of stuff because they've finished their journey, you know? And in fact, if I'd realized, if I'd known the score, I probably wouldn't have pre-hired a camper van because there were people literally selling camper vans, giving all the stuff away because they didn't need them because they were finishing their journeys. But I didn't know that before I went. And if I, if I was doing it again, I would have just, for the, for the cost of the hire of our camper van, we could have bought one. <laughs> it was crazy. Anyway, I digress. So we traveled, we went traveling. And on that trip, we saw friends in each of the countries we went to, which was so cool. So in San Francisco, we saw a friend that my husband hadn't seen for years and we visited him. Uh, we stayed with him actually. Um, which was fab. In New Zealand, we had a camper van, we went to lots of different places, and we finished up our journey visiting, again, some of my husband's um, old friends who had moved from Japan to New Zealand, so that was fantastic. And we visited them in Auckland before flying off to Australia. In Australia, we visited some friends there as well, and of course, lots of places. We went to Sydney, we went to Uluru, Ayers Rock, for people who don't know what Uluru is. Um, went to lots of places. So we had this incredible trip, and on our way back, visited a really old school friend of mine in Penang in Malaysia. Uh, so that was so lovely and an, an amazing trip and we came back and then you know we'd done our trip so it kind of felt like it's time to start a family 
so um so yeah and that um so decided to start a family and really for the and the first time of actively trying to start a family um i got pregnant straight away so that was really cool um and uh straightforward and i know it's not always that easy for many people so i do feel very blessed um so i got pregnant straight away and um yeah everything was just going you know i had these ideas i had these plans go traveling start a family become a mom you know all of that that kind of how it was going to be i wasn't sure you know once i had my children how that was going to be in terms of work but you know obviously i would work that out when i got there but then our world was turned upside down when uh while i was pregnant um at the 20 week scan they said oh um the baby's not kind of quite growing at the rate that we think um it should be come back in a couple of weeks so we went back and had another scan um and they were like mm, yeah not sure what we need what we're going to do your baby's not very well um might need to do a blood transfusion all of this stuff so it was really ah, really scary um, and i was due to be working away so i cancelled the work that i was doing uh because they you know they were very clear no you need to be home so I cancelled the work I was supposed to be doing away and, you know, we were like, well, you know, we'll just see how things go. You know, we were pretty hopeful things would be okay. You know, it, it's, it was 2006, you know, it's, um, uh, we're in the modern day and age, you know, um, obviously years and years ago, many babies and children were, you know the mortality rate was a lot higher but we you know we thought well you know it'll be fine um and then a week or so later i was i was doing some work locally and i just didn't feel right i was like something's happened and so for me it was was a kind of in hindsight that I realized what had happened was my baby had died. So if you have ever had that experience of um, that term, a dead weight, that's what I was experiencing. So my baby had died and the way my, the way um, I felt uh was different i could feel the weight of my child had changed and i don't know if you've ever had this experience sometimes you feel it when your child is sleeping you know when you you rock a baby to sleep and they go from being awake to asleep their weight completely shifts you don't know if you can if you've got children you'll know what i mean mm -hmm. it was kind of different to that it was more than that it was so i uh, obviously I was pregnant I didn't know that my my baby had died yeah. but I knew something wasn't right I knew that um yeah I knew something wasn't right 
So I was living in Leeds at the time and I was working at Thomas Danby College at the time, which is not too far a walk to go to St. James's Hospital. So I finished working with the student I was working with and I walked to the hospital and, and I, I just, I just, I rang them up and said, you know, I'm worried, can I come in? And they were like, yeah, you can come straight in. So I just walked there and went and had a scan. Uh, yeah, which was horrendous because, you know, obviously they, they told me that my baby had died. And I could see that my baby had died on the scan. You know, I could see my baby curled up and um, no heartbeat. You know, the, if you, any of you have had a scan, you'll know that's, that sound, that, that amazing sound of your baby's heartbeat. And mine didn't have a heartbeat anymore. So, as you can imagine, our world was just, it was awful it was surreal uh, my husband was working away uh he, not way away but he he worked on a nature reserve on a peat bog and so I knew I needed to give him a call and get him to come and it was uh, an hour and a quarter's drive away so then I rang my husband and um needed to get him to come to the hospital but I didn't want to tell him what had happened because he had over an hour's drive so I managed to tell him that the baby wasn't very well and that he needed to come to the hospital so I just lied on the phone um yeah and so he came and then I had to wait in the waiting room uh until um till my husband came and then we went through and had another scan to have another look you know um so yeah it was now i was actually we, we were due to get married um in like just a, a week and a half's time from this point so this was a tuesday and um we were due to be married getting married a week on saturday mm. now for us luckily we had arranged to have a really quiet wedding we were originally just going to have um witnesses of my sister and, and my husband's sister as witnesses but um some of our parents we have a, a, bit, a blended family so there are a few of them <laughs> all wanted to come to the wedding well one set of parents particularly wanted to come and then we couldn't have one set of parents not all of them so so it was due to be a small wedding just with 13 guests so I'm really grateful for that, actually, because I think having a big, huge wedding would have been incredibly difficult. So, yeah, so suddenly my life became a bit like a soap. You know, in soaps, you, they have these crazy things happening that you just think, ah, life isn't like that. Things don't happen like that. But well, actually, sometimes they do. So, um, so my baby died on a Tuesday. He was born, we found out that he was a boy, and that's the only thing about his birth that stayed the same. We, we wanted to find out whether our baby was a girl or a, or a boy when they were born, and that was the only thing. I couldn't have my home birth, I couldn't, you know, um, you know, 
that was the only thing that stayed the same. Uh, so he was born on the Saturday and actually, you know, I wasn't sure how that was going to be, what to expect. But actually, um, once he was born, it was November and it was a Saturday night. It was the 4th of November when he was born and he was born at night, just after 9.07 in the evening at St. James's Hospital, which is kind of on a hill-ish uh, in, in Leeds. So out of the windows, there were fireworks all over the sky. It was the most beautiful thing. So we met our son, we held him, and the sky was alight with celebrations, with fireworks, and it was almost like the whole city was celebrating his birth. Um, yeah, it was amazing and so beautiful to meet him. And the only thing that would have made it better would be if he'd opened his eyes and if he'd been alive. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was beautiful and heartbreaking all rolled into one. So that's how my parenting journey started. And so from within that two week period from the Tuesday, him dying to being born on the Saturday, the following Saturday, I got married. We got married because we thought, well, we booked it. Let's just go ahead. Um, so we got married on Saturday, following Saturday. And then we had his funeral on the Tuesday. So that was that two week period, which was just, that's why I'm saying it's kind of a bit like a soap, just crazy, crazy. So yes, we got married and then on the Monday, some of the guests from the wedding stayed, most of the guests stayed to then come to his funeral on the Tuesday. Um, and uh, so on the Monday we were trying to write what we were gonna say at his funeral. It was just, Ugh, crazy 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 time it does it sounds so silly. and uh, so surreal. Yeah. yeah so surreal absolutely absolutely um and yeah com just completely heartbreaking and so the song we had we played at his funeral was um corin bailey ray's just like a star so I don't know if you know that song. Um, it's beautiful and um, yeah, a song we very much associate with Buena, which was which is his name. So he had a bump name, which was Buena, which came about because we went to the cinema and we were chatting and we always watch the credits right to the end you know my background is in theatre and television and film uh, I, I'm a my background is a professional actor and you know we always sit and watch the credits right to the end all those people have worked so hard to produce that film and, um, and so it's not just for the extra added bit in case there is one at the end, but we watch all the credits and we read the names and honor the people who have worked so hard to produce that piece of entertainment and enlightenment sometimes with certain films. So anyway, we were watching a film and um, 
we were looking, using the names, watching all those names to think of names. If, it, if our baby was a girl, what name would we, you know, what would we name them? If our baby's a boy, what, what would we name them? And using the titles to look at all these weird and wacky and amazing names, you know, that you sometimes get. So we were doing that. And then at the end, there was Buena Vista. And so we joke that if we oh, if we were having twins, we could call one Buena and the other one Vista. <laughs> and so our, our baby's bump name was Buena. And so that's how that came about. And we love that Buena means good. Yeah. Um, so that was, uh, so that was the name we had been uh, calling our baby was Buena. Mm-hmm. And we talked to our, we talked to him, we, you know, um, so he, he had a really strong identity as Buena. So when he was born, it just didn't feel right to change his name because he'd always been Buena. That's how we'd sung to him, spoken to him, you know, all these things. So, um, so he stayed Buena. And I love that his name means good because actually, you know, he has brought so many blessings to our lives. He has influenced us in so, so many ways, the way we parent now, what we, um, you know, what we will and won't put up with. You know, he influenced my future births as well. Um, and, uh, yeah so he's given us many gifts and our girls we now have two beautiful girls um many gifts as well and so from that experience we um got involved with sam's an incredible charity so if you're ever in a position which i hope uh nobody that i know is because it's not a nice club to be in the parents of the dead child club is not one anybody wants to be in no. um, because I think the, the hard thing about that is that um, nobody can tell you're a parent mm-hmm. nobody knows you're a mother because you've got no baby there yeah. you know um, you've got no, no baby to hold and, um, and that's hard and Sam's really helped us. So we went to the support groups and I trained as a befriender to support other people and ended up becoming the chair of Lead Sam's. Um, so we were very involved. We, uh, my husband and I got funding as well um, to do a project with bereaved parents, uh, a story capture project to help people capture their stories um, of their babies as well. Um, so, you know, that helped a lot of people. So we would never have done all of that, it, you know, if, um, you know, Buena's life hadn't been as short as it was. So, um, you know, that is another way, another gift from him to the world, you know, through us. Uh, so that's how my parenting journey started. And one of the things that we, um really passionate about so i'm just gonna sip my tea when we came to the point of having more children which i'm sure you can imagine was a difficult journey um one of the things was i i always wanted to have a home birth and both my girls were born at home 
Um, and I have thought of writing a book, which I probably will write at some point um, called From Stillbirth to Home Birth, something like that. Um, because years ago, I really got into personal development to, um, in, in 2002 is when I got that anything is possible in your life. Um, and, you know, I really believed in the possibility for me of becoming a mum. And, um, uh, yeah, and also having a, the home birth that I wanted that I wasn't able to have with with Buena. Mm -hmm. um, and I did that. I had this most amazing home birth with my uh, daughter, my eldest daughter, Freya. That was just, it, it, yeah, it was a, a great home birth. And, um, and then when I had my daughter, Phoebe, um, her birth was a home birth as well and was very quick. So her birth was an hour and a half. So Ooh. from start to finish. <laughs> so that was really, really quick. And it was a pain, I know, I know. And it was a pain-free birth which was incredible. So when I was preparing to have my eldest, I immersed myself in positive birth stories. I immersed myself in home birth stories. I did hypnobirthing. I did everything I could to, to have myself in a positive mindset for having a healthy baby. And as you can imagine, I had to work at that because the only experience I'd ever had of birth was giving birth to a dead baby. So, yeah, I worked really hard to keep myself in a positive mindset, to surround myself with incredible people, with amazing stories. So I watched home birth stories on, on TV. I watched all these different things. And in one of those, one of these um, programs that I watched, there was a lady who had a pain-free birth. And I was like, that's amazing. And I can't, you know, I can't imagine that ever happening to me. But of course, a few years later, that's exactly what happened. I had a completely pain-free birth, which was incredible. Um, and it was really quick as well. Um, and yeah, so the power of our minds, the power of the endorphins that course through your veins when you're giving birth is just phenomenal. And it you know um so i hope anybody listening gets a real sense of anything is possible you know anything in our lives are possible and we are so strong you know we can overcome any adversities mm -hmm. so even if you're in a place where you're feeling like everything is shit and that you don't know where to go next or you don't you can't even connect with what might be possible for you um, one of the things, um, I can't even remember who said this, actually, uh, I follow people like Bob Proctor and Tony Robbins and Oprah Winfrey and all of these incredible people, but is to, to kind of search for the next best feeling. You know, if you are in a crap place, then, you know, we, there are things we can do to change our state, you know, um, nature is amazing for that meditation is amazing for that doing a guided meditation meditation exercise is amazing for that but to to 
you know, you don't have to go from feeling absolutely rubbish to incredible, but you can search for the next best thing, you know? Um, so that is a piece of advice. Sorry, I know, Samantha, you can ask me oh, uh, a piece of advice <laughs> later on, no, no, but I'm giving you a little bit of advice now, which is, no, I, you know, if you no. need a crap space, search for the next best feeling for you yeah. and just keep going for the next best feeling. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Your story has been heartfelt and um, amazing and sad, but also so many lessons through it and um, your strength and your positivity and still now shines through. And I'm sure that's part of what you do now. And can you give just a, a snippet of what is that i know we touched on it at the very beginning but um and how parenting is a huge huge passion um, and sharing your knowledge with others as well and your positivity and your belief system about anything being possible but um yeah if you can give it a little snippet of where you are now and what you're doing absolutely it'd be my pleasure so what I do now, so I, you know, I feel so blessed to have my family, you know, and I know it's not always easy. And sometimes parents might feel guilty that they don't always appreciate their children and they don't appreciate because sometimes it's really hard, you know, <laughs> and particularly if you've had a hard journey to having your children in the first place, you might feel guilty if you don't like them very much right now because yeah. they're being <laughs> being horrible you know um so um i've been using amazing parenting skills for quite a few years since freya was very little she's 10 now so since she was a year old i've been using the how to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk skills which i absolutely love and before that with the personal development and the work i was corporate work i was doing with communication um with companies and people like gps and registrars and consultants and uh people like that um what i love about uh the How to Talk So Kids Will Listen books is that they have really great communication skills in them that are actually fantastic, whether you've got children or not. You know, you can use them in work, you can use them anywhere, actually, because they're basically really good skills, communication skills. However, they're written aimed at using them with your children. Um, and so I use them all the time and I've been teaching other people how to use these skills for many years, for the past eight years. And, um, and over the last couple of years, probably the last three or four years, I've also been using the love languages skills as well, which are fantastic. A guy called Gary Chapman, he um, uh, develop these the love language skills as well so I use those as well and of course I am a, an accredited coach a trained coach life coach and so I bring all my coaching skills as well to the table so right now I am so excited to be working on developing an online course 
that really blends together. It's an amalgamation of my coaching skills, of the how to talk skills, the love languages skills, all the whole toolkit that I have, I use myself and is uh, really valuable for the people to be the best parents they can be, you know, to, and cope with the day-to-day -day challenges, the meltdowns, the, all the feelings that you have to hold as a parent, your pet, your child's feelings, your own feelings, because I don't know about you, but being a parent is really triggering. You know, what comes up when you become a parent is all the stuff from your own childhood, all the ways that you were parented, all the hurts, everything comes up and you'll it slap you in the face when you become a parent and you're having to deal with or you, you know you along your parenting journey it brings all that stuff up it is being a parent is the longest and biggest personal development program you will ever do it really is so if you've done a seminar or you know a weekend seminar or something that's nothing <laughs> because your whole life you know is as a parent can be challenging and but also incredibly rewarding yeah. you will experience love like you have never experienced you will be called to do things you never thought possible like push a human being out of your vagina like um you know like um stay up and get you know operate on two hours sleep for nine months straight you never thought you could do that but you did it I did it you know it's like oh my goodness mm -mm. you will do things you know and you might look at people who run marathons or who are in the Olympics and you think wow they're incredible but you know what as a parent you end up doing things that are like your own personal marathon they are incredible and what I do is I help parents have fantastic tools to be able to deal with all of that to be the best parent they can be but also enjoy the process because we want to be able to enjoy our children not and not resent them yeah so i, I i've got a, a a longer course that i'm developing right now which i'm launching in may beginning of may that'll start and the early bird will be available at the end of april i'm doing a mini course which uh, i'll be bringing you out in you should be hearing about in the next couple of weeks you'll be able to sign on for those so yeah um, so that's wonderful. There's so many different courses that you're doing that's really going to be of so much use to, to parents out there. Um, yeah. I'm sure that the details below, you'll be able to find everything because they'll, they'll be ongoing and you'll be able to um, click on to when the next available course is up and running with Sarah. Um, if you go onto our website and our other details are in the links below this lovely podcast. And as I said, thank you so much. You have given us amazing advice and a beautiful story. And I just want to finish by saying thank you again for joining us on Everyday Inspirational Podcast. Thanks again, and we will see you next time. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me, Samantha. Okay, bye. Bye.